Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. penalty from a man who hasn't always had the cleanest record but he converts this one with cheek with style with coolness Arsenal snatched at the death good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you might be listening to this podcast thank you for coming back and welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast uh We'll be talking about the Stoke performance, the Sunderland performance. By the way, if you saw the photographs up on the Twitter account of Aladi Dar, it wasn't me. It was Lee Judges, sitting five seats away from Ray Parler. Um, <laughs> some of you might have seen him wandering around North London last night, um, <laughs> talking rubbish. But apparently he does it every time he gets pissed. Lee, how are you, mate? <laughs> uh, I'm all right, thank you very much, Craig. Um, I, I'm back in the land of living and back into the uh, the normal world, as they say. Did, you know, did you so, have a nice uh, time last night? Ah, uh, it's fantastic. Really good. It was, you know, um, if you've never experienced the box um, at the Emirates, if you ever get the chance to go, you've got to go. It's a, it is a fantastic experience. You're well looked after there. I know it's like corporate, and you know, um, in some ways, it goes against the grain of the average fan, doesn't it? You know. Um, as we moved to the Emirates for all of that, but it is a it is a classy um, uh, venue. The one thing that, and I know it sounds silly, meeting Ray Parle and Nigel Winterburn, Char- here we go again, name dropping again, That's but it. there you go. But um, <laughs> Charlie George, uh, it was all great stuff. But let me tell you now, Craig, the best thing about the night, the night, apart from uh, Alexis Sanchez was the mashed potato. It is sensational. It is absolutely <laughs> uh, <yeah>. sensational. <laughs> you can't uh, beat Irish potatoes, the Arsenal smash. Them, mate. I'm telling you, like, you know, so it's, uh, it's fantastic, their mashed potato. It's, uh, it's better than the champagne and the 16 and three beers, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, great, great, great night. And, um, you know, uh, considering, I, I think realistically, if I look on it, it's a good time to go in the box because there didn't seem to be much atmosphere on the stands as well as hardly anybody there. So, uh, 
um, a sellout. They said, like, you know, what I mean, don't make me laugh, on, but uh, you know, uh, but um, I'll, at the end of the day, another another three points. That's all we can say, like, you know. Exactly. So uh, that's the main thing. But but a good good night all round. Enjoyed it. Good. And talking of potatoes. Um, <laughs> it gives me great. It gives me. A, yeah, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back Wayne. Wayne, how are you, mate? Craig, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you again, pal. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. I'm very, I'm very happy. Lee, today. how are you? Uh, Wayne, you're right. Haven't seen you since Sunday. Oh no, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Been a long time. <laughs> I'm very happy today. Lee, Lee got me some lovely gifts. Um, yeah, saw his, that. Saw from, that. Yeah, from his corporate. Check them out. They're evening. out there. They're out there. And I got a nice program signed by Charlie, George, Nigel, Winterburn and Ray Parler. And I tweeted Ray Parler today. I've been waiting to say this all day. I tweeted Ray Parler today and he tweeted me back. And I was like a little kid on Christmas Day. <laughs> Sad. I tell you, it's, handy having, it's handy having Lee, isn't it? He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's in with he's them all, in, isn't he? He's in the, in the know. He's the face, mate. He's a face. What can I say? Yeah, I was dr- well drunk and face yesterday, I must admit. <laughs> hmm. I've heard, you, I've heard you, get, you get pretty drunk all Arsenal games. Is that true? No. No? Oh, OK. I'm, go- I'm going to say to you this now, I, I, I don't <laughs> mind a minute. I'm, I'm not really a drinker. I don't drink very often. I'm not a real drinker. Mm. My mates will, will confirm. Um, strictly know my limits one or two and that's it like you know yeah, so don't, um, drink, but, don't drink much but when you do it's two bottles of champagne anyway well you know here we go anyway. I do like a drop of champagne do we like a drop of champagne well, who doesn't it? mate let's be fair yeah, that's right like yeah. absolutely yeah you can't you can't beat the free glasses you drink when you're walking to a wedding or something you know yeah, that's <laughs> it. it's the only time I'd ever drink it now but it's yeah, exactly Yes, well, yeah, that's it. The only time I drink champagne is when I'm the Irish like the Guinness though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I was saying the next time I head over to London, Lee, I'll um, I'll make sure that you go to the point of Guinness down the, oh, the, just, the, just the, get... the right way of drinking. Yeah, but the Guinness in England, mate, is shite. Is it not the same? Yeah, no way. Craig, I'm not joking. You're right. You know yourself because you've you've um, you've had a bit of Guinness over uh, where, where you live, and it's nice down your neck of the woods in Cork now. But uh, it's nice in Dublin as well. But, but we're Murphy's, most places we? you go, Murphy's Bearmish. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, uh, most places you go anywhere in the world, apart from Ireland, the Guinness is shit. But I was in Barcelona um, in March. I was in a, typically an Irish bar, all in Barcelona. Like, but the Guinness was amazing, and I swear to God, it's the first place I've ever been to where the Guinness was really, really good. And it was so good that I got my phone robbed when I was leaving the place. Uh, from, <laughs> I got my watch robbed, my phone robbed. Last <laughs> nice place, place Barcelona, then, isn't it? Like, you know? Lovely. So I got the team playing all that type of jazz. But you don't care. Was, uh, he, had, he had some yeah. nice Guinness. Anyway, I suppose we better start talking about football, really. Quick question. Can I ask a quick, quick question? Hmm. Not, not really up on me, Irish. How far away are you two from each other? Uh, about three uh, I'd say about three two hours. hours. Three hours? Two, I'd say two, Craig. Does one road get you down there in two hours now? Well, I don't know. I went to the, I went to the Premier League darts. Don't forget, I'm I'm an hour away from the city, so I've got an hour's journey to the city, and then I'm, I'm it took me about three hours now straight up the M6. Is it the M6 or the M8? Can't remember. I'm not too sure which one it is now. Two tolls anyway. Two hours, cheeky yeah, bastards. That's right, yeah, yeah. Two and a half hours for me to Cork City anyway. That's normally away, but it's not it's not the worst. Like it flies in, like it's one long road, like it's a grand road now. It's a grand road. Not when it used to be yeah, yeah. remember old uh, no, no one's gonna know what the hell we are going on about here. I think we better start <laughs> playing talking about football to be honest. 
Um, Good show. Let's go. Nice to get one over Stoke City. I hate Stoke City with a passion. Um, thought it played really well, Lee. Um, you was up there. What was the atmosphere like, mate? And um, you know, what, what was your general your general take on the game um, against Stoke City? I'll tell you what was it was a very good atmosphere up there. I have to say that, and it is is a good atmosphere because it's hostile. It is as they don't like us, and we certainly don't like them. You know, and um, they do the old rugby songs, and we say like you know, give them all the old football songs. And uh, the one thing that I can't stand about Stoke City is that they, every time they keep singing this Aaron Ramsey walks of a link song. It, you know what I mean? It's disgusting. It really does wind me up. Yeah, it winds me up, I know, yeah. And, you know, it's uncalled for. And if for and just for that reason only, it is just lovely to go there and beat them. And we haven't beaten them for so long. We have not beaten them since Aaron Ramsey broke his leg. Do you know that? Yeah. It was the last time we beat them. So for seven years, they've ridiculed that man. And uh, we've gone up there and been limp, lame. And, but on... On Saturday, we, we turned up uh, and um, we'd done the business. And, and certainly for Aaron Ramsey, um, it was good that he uh, he come on as well. And uh, I, I always seems I've got a good look at him when he's in that game. He seems very, very uncomfortable when he's at that stadium as well, like, you know, because he walks past, they're all giving him stick. Why they're giving him stick, I do not know. I really don't know. And some of the Stoke fans condemn it, but most of them bloody will sing it, you know, and... Um, so stuff then uh, is a fantastic thing. There's just something about that club I don't like. And um, I don't know what it is because the actual stadium is quite nice and the the stewards and the police are all very, very friendly. But it's just something about Stoke City I don't like. And to get a result against them, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, same here. I was praying Ramsey scored when he came on. I was hoping, oh, yeah. Please, if there's any footballing gods up there, please let him stick one in the top corner from 25 yards. <laughs> you know? Wayne, what, what what was your take on the Stoke game? Uh, uh, it was it was beautiful. It was, it was very enjoyable to... It was a comfortable watch um, for a change because over the, over the past couple of years, we've gone up there and been absolutely rolled over. Um Many a time, there was, what, what, I can't remember. It was two or three years ago. We were three 0 down at half time, and it's just very. It was a, it's a depressing place to go, and with so much at stake, that was that was ha- that was that was so much that was at stake at the weekend gone. There, we needed to win, and all this type of jazz. It was really a, it was a nervous game, but it, when you have players like um, Sanchez and I thought Giroud did well, and Ramsey actually did well as well. But I thought they they, they stepped up. And to be fair to Wenger, he 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 could have he was I thought he was going to go back to four four two because of the game it was and where it was and he wanted to be solid at the back but he stuck with the tree, the tree at the back because obviously he looked at the boys that um, that they had um, at wide the likes of Yaman Shakiri, they he knew they weren't going to get back so he was going to be overlapping um, he's going to have players over all the time and that's exactly how it worked out so tactically. It was a lovely, enjoyable game to watch because you could almost see it unfold, you know. Um, but I thought we played very well. I thought we sh- we we took our chance as well, and uh, m- more than deserved the win. And it's a pity that the win, the likes of that win, um, and beating a Mourinho team for the first time in a long time, and all these things are going to stack up to really nothing yeah. because we're not going to get there in the end. It would have been nice to have a little reward at the end of 
getting rid of all these hoodoos off off of ourselves, you know, beating all these, you know, going to going to Stoke and beating them away from home for the first time in seven years and beating Mourinho for the first time in what whenever it was thirteen years and then having the performance of Rob Holden as well on top of it. So it would have been nice to have a little reward for, you know, even though it was a, a win as a win, but mm. it would have been nice to have something at the end of it. But unfortunately, well, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, the back door is still open. The back door is still open. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you know, I, I, had to, I had the conversation today with a fellow and he said, I said, well, the back door's still open. You know, we, we still might nick it. And he said, well, you expect Middlesbrough to beat Liverpool, do you? I said, well, I didn't expect Newcastle to beat Spurs 5-1 last year either. You know? so Stranger things have happened. It's football is football. Absolutely. Who knows? It's you know, a tall order, isn't it? Really? A Rob Holding winner? 90th minute? Hmm? Callum Chambers. Like, Callum Chambers, even. Um, or Rob Holden. It would be better if Callum Chambers scored, I suppose, for the yeah. Well, both, really. You know, yeah. <laughs> both at the same time. That would be pretty special, wouldn't it? Um, so we played. You get it. Yeah, that, that'd be typical of He gets a statue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You get a statue for that. Um, we played Sunderland last night, and I thought it was absolute rubbish. Um, yes, we won two nil, but for me the performance again was pretty dire. Um, Lee, there was a a supposed protest last night um, to stay away from the game. I started watching. I started watching the game and very surprised to see how many empty seats um, were at the Emirates last night. Now, someone asked me today. How how many people I thought might have been there last night, and I said there couldn't have been more than thirty thousand there last night, Lee. What have you got a rough a rough figure of what you thought? How many people were there last night? Um, oh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't have to say. The only thing that I can say is that that's the emptiest I've seen the uh, the Emirates if I, since I can remember. Uh, it's not very often that you see the North Bank. Where you can see like the, the seats and the colour of uh, the of the white seats as well, mm. you know, in the first half. Funny enough, in the second half it filled up. So I imagine that a few from the clock in decided to walk around and go down that end or something because it it, it filled up in the second half. Yeah. But um, somebody, I, I think, um, you know, Nigel Winterburn said yesterday, he goes, "You'll know how, uh, how many people are in with the the empty seats in the upper stands because obviously they're the dearer ones." Yeah, and I've never seen it so, so empty up there, if I'll be honest. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't, you know, they're saying that it's a sellout. So is that like, you know, um, the PR stunt <laughs> or the, whatever? Yeah, well, tickets have sold. Tickets were sold, were not they? But bums yeah. on seats. Um, and uh, do you know what I'm going to say something about this process? I, I believe that you know. If you was a fan yesterday and wanted to sell your ticket, I think it'd be very, very hard to sell your ticket. You know, I think it was very, very hard to give them away. You know, it was on telly, uh, week game. It was not a real great attraction. So uh, I don't know if anybody sort of protested again. I didn't see no no protests or whatever, like you know. And um, no, I'm saying that was the protest so, to stay away. Yeah, well, right, to stay away. I think like you know, probably a lot of them didn't have a choice because they couldn't sell their tickets and couldn't be bothered to go themselves. You mm. know, so. Uh, which makes it a little bit difficult. But we'll say this, though, and um, about the game yesterday, a lot of people criticise the game, but if it wasn't for Jules and Pickford yesterday, oh, I thought it was sensational it's yesterday. It was. It, it, could have, it could have been six or seven. And, and, you know, if you win six, say, six nil, 
and he made, I think, four outstanding saves yesterday. If we'd have won six 0 would people still be moaning? I think they would be, you know. So, you know, it wasn't the greatest game. We're not. I don't. Think, I think the football isn't so good this season. There's certainly not so much movement. But, you know, I, I was. I have to say that I was very, very impressed with him, and um, I have sort of been um, banding him out to be a potential Arsenal player. But um, I asked for Wenger squashed that yesterday by saying the one thing we don't need is goalkeepers. That's because my man's so, coming um, back. Well, that's right. You know, um, Mr. Chesney is supposed to be coming back. Um, but I would like to see that uh, Jordan Pickford. What I wouldn't mind, I don't know if you guys agree with this, is if we sign him and then loan him back to them. Something like that. I don't think, you know, a couple of years. I, I think it's a good idea. I wouldn't believe a word out of Aston Wenger's mouth when it comes to transfers. I, I just, well, yeah, he just yeah, 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 yeah. 24, sure. 24 hours before we signed Santi Gazzola, he was asked, Wait, what about the Santi Gazzola guy? I don't know who he is. Mm. 24 hours later, he's holding up the jersey. Like, you know, he just can't take him seriously when it comes to transfers. So, as much as he, it does make sense, his statement saying, yeah, we've got a load of keepers. He does have a load of keepers, but he could sell Chesney. Ospina is probably going to go this summer. That leaves then three keepers. Martinez could get a loan deal to some Premier League club, which then leaves one keeper. So, Jordan Pickford could realistically come in, no problem, for small money too. It wouldn't be big money to take him in from Sunderland, yeah. you know? Yeah, certainly wouldn't. Outstanding. So, that, he was. Oh, he was. Yeah, mastered. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely mastered. And you're dead right, Lee. You know, it could have been five, six, seven if it wasn't for him. Um, yeah. Wayne, am I right in saying the game was poor yesterday or am I just being, I don't know, am I just being pedantic? No, I, I see where you're, no, I see where you're coming from. Um, and I, I, did, I didn't think the game was a great spectacle, but then, what, like, Sunderland being dead and buried as it is, uh, look, they're just trying to save face now. They didn't want to go out and take a 7-0 pace, and it was, it was literally, it was backs to the walls for them. They, it's the way they've always played um, in the Emirates. It's, it was a tight affair for them. They were going to get 10 men behind the ball. Um, they've done it probably a little bit better than they have over recent years. Um, but having said that, with the goalkeeper that they had, it, it, he, he saved them on... Jesus, he must have saved them at least six or seven, at least six or seven occasions. That any other day they were at they were getting the, they were getting the lucky bounces and everything was going for them to try and get them a point over there. But eventually, eventually, the bit of class it, they needed something extra. The bit of class between, in my opinion, three class players: Shaka, to Ozil, to Sanchez, and that was it. That was what we needed. And you were like, it's a pity that didn't come after the twentieth minute because I think we would have opened it up and their heads would have dropped and then we might have got six but coming so late they were clinging on for dear life and we were, we were only ever going to get one or two more after that but I didn't think it was a great game I'm a little I'm grown a little bit frustrated with the pattern of our play against these lower teams because how many times have they have we played against them you know supposed poorer teams and consistently you know struggle to break them down and then the plan B comes out Giroud comes on or whatever the case may be like it doesn't always work and we end up walking away sometimes with nil-nils at home against it has happened this season plenty of times but um, happening against Borough at home nil-nil against Borough and they've been relegated so we just maybe we need something different I don't know what the what 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 to do really but it's I've seen that game that Sunderland game Craig many times mm. this season that's being honest with you and yeah, I've seen it yeah. many times over the last five seasons and then we got the 2-0 tonight, but so many times we've been on the receiving end. 
off of defeat or we've uh, been on the receiving end of getting you know one point when we needed three things like that that's the way our that's the way our our club <laughs> that's the way Arsenal operates at the Emirates you know so uh, how do we fix it I don't know the the the, the, the crowd being so small there I don't it, it doesn't really it didn't help but you know, some 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 uh, put and punt media guys were making the point today that if the crowd was full there, it doesn't make that much of a difference anyway. Um, but you know, as I say, like I don't see that changing next year. Those type of games are going to be the same next year. We'll struggle to break down small teams because we do the same things. You know, we get one man over on the overlap. We go back inside. We switch it to the far side. Back inside again. Look for a true ball. Gets broke down. They try and counter attack. Five minutes later, we're back in the same position again, and it just repeats, repeats, repeats until yeah. until we get a until we get a goal, and it is very, very frustrating to watch and very boring to watch. There's no difference. There's no long shots. There's no, you know, it's just it's very, it, it is very, it's it's very kind of it's frustrating is the word because mm-hmm. you just you know what's coming. Here we go. Here's an overlap cross. No, nope. check back inside. Switch it to the far side. Pretend to shoot. Pass. 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 Back to Mustafi. Back to check. Long ball, L play. It's really depressing, and we need something different. We uh, this season can't end quick enough, and to get new players in with a different view of the game, with different ideas, with different different body mechanics and different ideas of what they want to do on the ball, just something to change it up a little. I think that's why this season just needs to end as quick as possible. Now we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens as regards Sunday with the Champions League, but regardless. I'm indifferent to whether we get it or not at this point. Great, great to be in it, but we don't deserve to be in it, to be honest. And if we did get into it next year, we're going to get ponied again in the last round, you know, unless we spend massive money on players. But it doesn't, um, it doesn't look like that. That that would be the case, you know, if we do get it. Yeah, I want to, I want to talk about something that I've seen today on Twitter: the hysteria that is surrounding um, the twelve chances that Marcel Ozil created. Um, I'm sorry now to single him out, but it's something I've wanted to do since I had a conversation on the old Twitter today. Yes, he's made 12 chances, okay? But my point is this, Lee, when I want you to come to you. He's made 12 chances against a relegated poor team, okay? I want to see him making 12 goal-scoring opportunities against Chelsea away, United away, you know, City away, Spurs away. The only thing that I've had come back to me all day is, well, he done it against Chelsea at home. He done it against Chelsea at home. They can only people are, uh, are giving me one game. He done it at Chelsea at home. I mean, it's great to see an Arsenal player creating twelve goal scoring chances. I don't, am I being too harsh on him, Lee? I don't know. I, I, I don't want to single the man out because I don't hate him. I love him, right? We all know he, we all know he can be a fantastic footballer, but am I being too harsh or am I right? I... This is a this is an amazing conversation because I had a conversation with someone the other day and and I think with Mr. Erzul he splits opinion. A lot of people love him, and it was a good conversation. If if there was Twitter and social media about when Charlie Nicholas played for Arsenal, what would it be like? Because he couldn't do no wrong. The fans loved him, but I'd imagine there would be the same sort of conversations about that back in the 80s to what Mesut Ozil is now. I I honestly think, you know, people criticise me when I say that Mesut Ozil's not world-class. Listen, he's a class player. When I, when he's when he's playing, he played fantastically well against Stoke. 
And he played, I thought he played very, very well last night. And he's got wonderful, wonderful talent. In my opinion, he doesn't do his talent. His talent, it doesn't justify what he's doing at the moment. He's got so much ability, so much talent, but he doesn't do it consistently enough week in, week out. Now, to get 12 chances against a relegated side is, is fantastic. Let's be honest, against a Man United, Tottenham, uh, Chelsea, he's not going to create 12 chances. It's just physically not going to happen. But if he can create two or three. But what I want to see him do is take the game by the scruff of the neck and dominate it. Now, I, I watch, um, and I know it sounds, when, when people go to me, he's world-class. Right, okay, well, what is world? Define me what world class is because I see week in, week out uh, in the big games, Ronaldo turning up against whoever it is, scoring at tricks, doing this, doing that, every single game. Semi final. Seen him doing it tonight, didn't he? Didn't he? He's doing it again tonight. Again tonight. When it matters, he turns up and does it. I look at uh, Messi, he turns up and does it. I look at Hazard, right? There are games when Hazard goes missing, but when against, when it matters, you know, he turns up, you know, i.e. the cup semi-final when they need a little bit of magic. He does it against um, Arsenal. He was the one that, that, that caused us all sorts of problems. I don't see Mesut Ozil doing that consistently enough. I see him on the fringes of games. And I think for a player of his talent, he shouldn't be on the fringes, Craig. He should be do, doing it, making it happen. Yes. I look at Cesc Fabregas. He dominates games through his passing, comes on, you know... You know, you watch old clips of Fabregas playing for the Arsenal. It's painful to watch because this is a player that we could have had, but we decided not to because of Mesut Ozil dominating games, winning championships. Now, people turn around and say on the other side of it, he's, he's got a World Cup winner's medal, which is true. But other players have got World Cup medals that are not are not world-class players. Let's be honest. You know, you just happen to be lucky enough to play... You know, name, name me five players in the Portugal side last season that won the European Championship. You know, you're going to struggle. Mm. You know, you know, it's Ronaldo. Listen, I'm pretty sure if you go back to the 1986 World Cup, Maradona, they, were, they had two or three, but there's three of them. That four of them were very lucky to become World Cup winners. It just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I'm not saying that Mesut Özil didn't he didn't deserve a World Cup winners medal, but even in that World Cup, was he the dominant figure in that team? No, no. But I'm not slagging him off. He's a class. No, player, no, I don't. Do get, I don't want people who are listening to get me wrong. I'm not bringing out hate on the man. I just want to no, talk about. No, certainly not. Do you know? I, I just want to talk about this. I'll try to bring balance to that, Lee, if this, you want. This perception <laughs> of of him. I just see a lot of people like you say, Lee. He can't do no wrong. Wayne, no, what, I, I, I understand. I understand that when they say that he can't do no wrong. You know, Charlie Nicholas couldn't do no wrong in the eighties. You know what I mean? Mm. It was just the way that, you know, sometimes you get a favourite player and that's... Listen, I think some of his football and the way he does things, you know, it's, it's sensational, you know, but we're in a winning business. and Is he going to be the one that's going to win us the games, that's going to take us to the title? Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. And that's, that's, that's the question. Yeah. Wayne, it's questionable. Yeah. his Premier League record, Wayne, yeah, 115 appearances, 23 goals, 41 assists. Uh, I mean, that's, it's not too shabby, is it? You know, um, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it? it's not too shabby. But what's your opinion on 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 the supporters? And don't get me wrong, everyone's allowed their opinion. And to those supporters that might be listening, I you could you know your opinion is completely valid to me. But I just want to know why Mercer Ozil can't do no wrong way. 
<sighs> okay, I'm trying to use the the right words here, right? I I sort of agree with with, with the two years in in a way, and then I disagree in another way. Um, and I'll explain why, right? The first part that you uh, were saying that Mesut Ozil doesn't do it against um, Manchester United and uh, or, uh, or whatever, or, you know, pick any team, a top team, Chelsea or Liverpool, um, Chelsea away in Liverpool. I think the word luxury player um, is a good term for Ozil, but people use it the wrong way. People think that he's just a, you know, he's a lazy player and all this type of stuff, right? But I think Mesut Ozil is a luxury player and if you have the team around him um, that you can allow him a quiet game where he just does something special which he he he, he has a tendency to do and he's the one that can crack a defense open when things aren't going right he has the like, we, we've all we can all sit here and see 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 this guy see here and say that we've seen this guy pull some outrageous passes a split defence is open that no one else in this team or possibly even in the league can do. Um, and that's the type of game he has. But when we're struggling as an entire team, Mesut Ozil is the one who takes the flak because we all expect him to be the one that wins those games. When sometimes we're not taking an entire look at the whole system that, that I don't think for the last couple of years it's, it's entirely suited him because... He's been bored with a bit of defensive work as well because he was on the left-hand side and he, he's not, he wasn't really cut out for that. And maybe we played him in the wrong place at certain times. But what my opinion on Ozil is, is that if we got stronger players around him rather than... Uh, if you, I'm trying to, trying to get this the right way. I think we need to improve the team to see a consistent and an improvement, uh, even an improvement in him. His stats are, his stats are good. Like, I mean, you, I, I have... He could he could have even more if we had a top striker for the last two years, rather than relying on Giroud for an entire season last year. His them stats could be even better again. Yeah. I but, mean his stats his stats for the season: um, thirty two appearances, eight goals, eight assists. Um, his stats for last season: thirty five appearances, six goals, nineteen assists. Obviously, we all we all know yeah. about that. Um. Mm. But yes, it, 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 what you've just Lee, described, yeah. what you've just described, is me. When when the going is when the going gets tough, I expect a player of Mercer Ozil's, a player of Mercer Ozil's calibre to be able to, you know, to turn yeah yeah to, 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 to turn it, it to, and, yeah, and be able to take it yeah. Uh, the, the the phrase that they have in the song is better than Zidane, right? We'll just call a spade a spade here, right? Zinedine Zidane was a genius. Uh, and that was the type of player that could flip a switch and turn a team from nobody's into somebody's. He dragged France through a golden era, um, although they had a lot of players that there that were top class as well. But Zidane was the fulcrum. He was the core. Um, I, if you watch Ozil in that Germany team, um, they're, they're good enough as a unit that when he makes his mistakes or loses the ball or is not on, you know, he's not fully there, he doesn't really look as if he's having a bad game as a result because the team is good enough around him to accommodate for him. We don't have that type of luxury as an entire unit. And unfortunately, because everything goes through also, if it's not his day, which happens, they're human and it can happen. Um, if it's not his day, it just looks worse for him. 
I said, look at this guy, lazy, not doing this, not doing that. And we live in a, a, a very, very fast age of social media where vines and video clips can expose somebody within seconds. Look at also doing this and all, and then it just gets recycled and regenerate, regenerate. And we, and we lose sight of what the player is because you have an agenda. People start to pick up um, what they want to see agenda-wise from social media or whatever like that. I like also for what he is, but I think if we want to see the best of him in the way that you're describing and the way that Lee's describing um, about taking taking games by the scruff of the neck in big, big games, which we all want to see him do. I think we, we have to improve the team around him, first mm-hmm. of all, because when you come up against a Sunderland, all right, you come up against a certain standard of player. And he has a smarter brain than those types of players. You know, it's, it's, it's proven by the level he plays at compared to the level they play at. Um, so he, he can expose players at that level very, very easily. But as you go further up the league and, and you start to come up against be- better quality, you come up against uh, better quality defenders, more organised teams. And that's where I think he is struggling in, in the sense that the entire, the entire team is struggling. Our record this season against the top teams, particularly away from home, is an absolute disgrace. And... and it's it's easy to just look at one player and say, oh, Mesut Ozil away from home and he hasn't done this. and that. The entire whole lot has failed away from home, not just Mesut Ozil. The manager has failed away from home. Our defence has been the shambles away from home. So I think it's unfair to, to, to level it all at him. But I think given the chance, everybody deserves a second chance, right? I think given the chance, this guy, if we can sort out our own frailties as an entire team and we're not completely reliant on him to do more than what he's capable of doing. I think you'll see the best of him. I think you'll see a more relaxed player and I think you'll see a more confident player because he knows he can make a mistake. If he needs to, he can take a chance, he can take a risk. I'd say there's times where he wants to take a risk and says, I don't really fancy that now because, you know, we're struggling. It's nil-nil and I don't think if we lose a goal here from this, this is all split-second stuff, but maybe he doesn't trust his team enough to take... The, the, the type of chances that he wants to look at him at Real Madrid he took risks all day long and absolutely excelled in that team I know they sold him in the end but his record there was absolutely ridiculous mm. you know and, and and that's what got him the big money move to Arsenal and even looking at him at, at Werder Bremen a young carefree kind of a player who would pick up the ball dribble pace do everything he wanted on the ball because I just don't think this team at the particular moment suits Mesut Ozil I think if we need to get the best out of them, we need to build a little bit of a more a stronger unit around them. And I, I honestly think you'll see the best of them that way, because I think he's struggling. But he's not the only one struggling, Craig. The entire team. Oh is yeah, struggling. I know, I know. And as I said before, look, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Like I'm not hating on him. I just. No, I, just, I no. Look, I agree. I mean, it's it, it does like he, no player is beyond criticism. And his criticism, his 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 faults are there, like every other player's, to be uh, to be assessed and to be discussed. Um, and he does have his have his faults the same way Alexis has his faults. For all his good points in scoring goals and assists, which ultimately what matters, he has an awful bad habit of giving the ball away. Yeah. Now, as a 28, 29 year old man, I don't see that changing in the near future. Um, technically, technically, Mesut Ozil is on another planet to him, but when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to grabbing a game by the balls. Who would you rely on? I know who I'd rely on. Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. But 
what do you what do you do? Do you, do you enjoy him as a luxury player and then put players in around him, tougher players, more athletic players to cover his mistakes and just allow him for what he is? I think we I think that's what Wenger planned on doing, but he has just made complete balls of it. Yeah. That's what I think <laughs> has happened. Yeah. You know. He did try and play that's why he didn't sign Fabregas because he did try and uh, create a team around Ozil. But he's just created the wrong team around Ozil. He's put faith in players that are just not good enough. And now it comes to a summer where if he does stay, we need to we need to reassess things and try and put we need to try again. Because otherwise you'll never see the, the you'll never see that type of a player in, in Mesut Ozil again. Maybe for the rest of his career, if he spends his, the rest of his career at Arsenal or the, the you know, the peak of his career at Arsenal and we don't have that team around him, his reputation is just gonna diminish the whole time. Where I do think he's a better player than what we all and maybe fifty percent of the crowd give him credit for. 50% do give him the credit, 50% don't. But I think that's down to the manager and the way he has set up this entire unit because we can see the proof is in the pudding. We're, we're now fifth in the league, struggling. We've lost nine games in the league this season, absolutely battered our Europe. Um, and I know we have an FA Cup final, but I mean, let's call a spade a spade. We, we got some serious luck in the draw to get this far. We, we had one tough game and we won it, but... Look, that's another that's another talking point, but it's it's a, it, I think we need to build a team around Mesut, um, and we need to build we need to get patiently better players in around them. That's yeah. the bottom line. That's my view on it. No, and and it's a great view, mate. And as always, well explained. But I want to go back to Lee on your point of he's made a balls of it. Wenger's made a balls of it this season. Lee, do you see Arsene Wenger, manager of Arsenal, come kick off Premier League season two thousand and seventeen two thousand and eighteen? Do I? Yeah. Mm, you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I got because I think um, you know I was discussing this with Robbie the other week, weren't we? Like if if he was going to leave, I think he would have said so by now. I really do. You know, I I I believe um, they're probably haggling over how long the the um, uh, contract's going to be. I also believe that the board are wanting a little bit more change than what he's prepared to change. So I think that you know. Um, there's a little sticking point there. I think that um, it, I think that he can't justify the way he's going at the moment. So he needs to change it a little bit. And um, I think the ball are probably saying to him, right, you're going to need to do this, going to de- need to do that. And I think that the one thing that I, I, I said this yesterday as well, that if Arsene Wenger has got any chance of turning it around at his football club, he's got to go in big with a, a, a striker. I think he's got to go in with, um, and, I, and I mean big. I don't mean just like um, twenty million player here and all that. He's got to be one of the big, big boys, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And it, it may be eighty, it may be ninety million. So be it. It's got to be done, um, and that will give him a chance to be successful. At the moment, Arsene Wenger, with all the flaws of his as a manager, is not given a chance to win anything because he's not being given the proper tools. Now, I mean that by that we have not got the, you know, it's like cutting up, cutting with a knife, it's blunt. We need something up top. Now, I'm not saying, and I've, before people jump on the bandwagon, that if we get this top striker, that Arsene Wenger is the man tactically to do it because he keeps doing different, you know, there's flaws in his game. But if you look up to when we were successful in the earlier part of his career you can talk about defences we had the great back five and everything like that but he's had Ian Wright Thierry Henry 
you know, even to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, characters, yeah. good characters, top good. players as well, top, top strikers. Robin Van Persie, all right, didn't win much with Robin Van Persie, but we was always in the top four, never in any danger when he was scoring goals. You know, we were, I'll tell you what, that year before he went to Man United, that season, he was sensational. We, we, mm. we was a sensational team to watch as well. You know, so before that, he, he did create Addy Bayor, but to win those titles, he had Ian Wright, Nicholas Anelka, and Thierry Henry. What's all the, you know... And Dennis... Dennis Burkamp as well, yeah, put to put, 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 put in in that. But what I'm saying is the out and out striker, the the, the one at the at, at the point of of the, of the attack. They're all world class strikers. Ian Wright, you would argue, is not probably world class, but he was certainly a class class goal scorer at club level, and he never let Arsenal down by by any stretch of the imagination. The other two were a different different class. Unfortunately, we didn't see the best of Nelka, but. We then got Thierry Henry. Now, I'm telling you this now, and I was like, I sit here and I argue about it. We had games exactly like that when in the, in the Thierry Henry days, in the Invincible days and, and, and before that. But all of a sudden, there would be a little bit of Dennis Burkamp magic, a little bit of Henry magic. We'd end up winning the game 3-0. No one would talk about, oh, this little bit of dull stuff here because it was it was sprinkled with a bit of stardust. Mm-hmm. We haven't got that little bit of stardust in this team no more. You know, Sanchez does it, but you have a look at those great teams of Arsenal. You had Henri up front. You had Perez. You had Vieira. You had uh, Lundberg. You know, we had four or five of these players. We've yeah. only got one. You know, Ozil, you could come into that group, but we haven't got that little bit of, bit of gold dust that, that, that we need. Now, we need to get that. You know, you look at... Um, I think, you know, if you look at somebody like Manchester City, you know, Arsene Wenger's done a better job than him this season because he's had the tools up front. To, you know, the De Bruyne's, he's got the the, the um, Sergio Aguero's. You know, they've got those sort of players. You know, we've not had that. And if Arsenal are going to be successful, they've got to get this top, top striker. Now, I don't know who that's going to be. You know, people saying Lacazette... Um, Mbappe, is that how you say it? I think that is how you say it. Like, he's, the one, yeah, yeah. he's the one for me. that He's got that bit of stardust, 18, 19 years of age. Spend the money on him. All right, if we don't get him, we do. But in five years' time, we get our money back if he has to go to Real Madrid or whatever. We've got to be bold in this transfer window. And it ain't about skin flinting no more. Because yeah. we've done that, it's got us absolutely nowhere. We've never challenged for the title. And we've now dropped out of the top, top four because we've been scrimping and saving. We've got to go in big. We've got to get that bit of stardust. And if you ever look at the defensive side of the game now, it's certainly looking very, very good defensively now. We're looking a little bit better. It looks like we're working. If we can work on it and then have a couple of those gifted players. You know, somebody said today, you know, someone like Mahrez along uh, in that little bit as well, just opening up things. But, you know, if you had Mahrez opening up on one side, Urza on the other, Sanchez running from doing what he's doing, you know, and, and then also this top class striker, you know, we ain't going to be a bad side, you know, mm. it's it's not when people turn around and say it's going to be a lot of money, it's going to be a lot of money for the for that striker. We're going to have to go big in there, but on other areas we can go 10, 15 million. But you know, we proved that with Rob Holding, but we're not going to find a striker of Nicholas and Elka's calibre no more. You know what I mean? They're just not out there. And if they are, they're being picked up by all sorts of different teams. You know, like um, 
you know, they're going to cost money now, as, 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 as you know, the Monaco players. But this, this, this go on about Monaco. Two years ago, we was they was not a great side, but they've brought in these young players and they're really exciting now. So it's not all about the money. Mm. I just think that we've got to do that. Arsene Wenger then has got, to, what I would say, a chance to, to redeem himself. If he goes in there, Craig, and just spends 60 million or 20 million pounds on, on this bad he might will leave well, uh, come come Sunday uh, after the cup final because we are going to be sitting here next season when we might as well the not same, have the same competition. Yeah. Put this on, this conversation on, and have a, have a night off down the pub yeah. drinking Guinness. Yeah. That's, that is exactly what it's going to be like, you know, because nothing will change. It's got to change from the top. The manager's got to change his philosophy because it's not working and he's got to be prepared to do that. If we do that, who knows? I'm not saying that if we go and buy a £90 million strike, we're going to go and win the league. But I'll tell you what we will do. We'll be challenging for it. And I don't think that we'll be in Europa League next season. Yeah. Again, what can I say? You've got to agree with that. Um, like I was, I'm with you. I'm not saying that we're going to win the league. But, you know, at least we'll be able to go to Manchester City away, Tottenham away, United away, Chelsea away, and not feel like we felt for the last four or five years, oh, Jesus, we're going to get fucking stuffed here. Do you know? I, I'm fed up with thinking about that. I'm fed up waking. Yeah. I'm fed up. I'm fed up waking up on a Monday morning and saying, "Oh God, we got Chelsea away on Saturday." Worrying about it all week, you know. Get into Thursday, and I'm thinking, "Well, actually, do you know what? You know, it might not be like last year, but things might be different." And then on the, <laughs> on, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, as well, yeah. On Saturday at quarter to five or whatever time the finish, the game finishes, I'm sitting and I'm thinking to myself. Why, in God's name, did I think we could get a result here today? What, yeah, yeah. in my head, um, made me thought that I could get a result? Now, let's touch on what Lee said about players not costing a lot of money. Um, Wayne, this leads me on lovely for you, because I know you're a bit of a, uh, a bit of a buff for different divisions as well. Um, news on the street is that we have signed. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this correctly now, but I think it's is it Siad Kolosniak? Am I right in? Am I right in? Kalanasach, I think. Kalanasach. 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 Kalos. Kalanasach. Whatever. Um, he has signed from Schalke, um, a left wing back on a free transfer, and of course. We get the Twitter meltdown. Yeah, we get the Twitter meltdown that he can't be any good I'm not, I'm because big, he's not, free. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of that. Yeah, I, I, um, if he's free, so be it. You know, yeah. If we didn't pick him up on a free, someone else going to pick him up free. And what you have there is the catch twenty two situation. Saying if if he goes to Manchester City on a free, and they're going, where's our fucking scouting team? Why aren't we picking this guy up on a free? Mm. Well, we did pick him up on a free, so we've, we've avoided that. But uh, this guy is. Um, he is a serious. He's a, he is a tank of a man, um, and he takes no bullshit. And these are the types of players that we've been crying out for. We thought we were going to get somebody like that with Shaka, which we have seen in 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 you know little bits. He can be sloppy and reckless at times, but for all this guy's aggressiveness, he's never been sent off in his career. This fella Kalanasac, I'm going to just call him that, right? Um, he's never been sent off. Plenty of yellows, but that's that's a, that's a clever. It strikes me as a clever player uh, that his reading of the game is enough that he's not going to get himself in the position where he's going to be sent off. 23 years old. Um, yeah, I mean, 23, like 23 years old, That's free a, transfer. You can't go wrong with that. He's going to be on good money. 
But look, you're balancing off the good. We had to pay him good money to get him in because there was, believe it or not, there was some top, top clubs interested in him. Um, Monreal is 31. He's lost a yard of pace. I have seen it. I've seen it this year. It was a couple of, it was one particular game against uh, Palace or whatever it was. And Swansea was another one where he was rinsed for pace. This guy is quick. He's quick over 15, 20 yards. He's also very quick over 100. He was, he was powerful. He builds up speed as well. And he's able to attack um, at pace. So it suits. If you play a 3-5-2, it suits a counter-attacking game. It also suits um, a defensive game. He's got the pace to get up and down the line. A very good, a very, very clever signing. Because somebody at a top club, whether it be Juventus, AC Milan or Manchester City, we're going to sign this guy. Now, Manchester City are screaming out for fullbacks. Zabaleta is now leaving. Cliché, probably seen better days as well. Doesn't strike me as a Pep Guardiola-type fullback um, in comparison to what he, what, what he will be used to. Um, he, looks as, he, he does like his fullbacks that kind of tuck inside at times when he, when he wants and play a bit of football, and Cliché is not that type of a player. Zabaleta tried it for a while, but it's not working for him. So um, they were crying out, and they did want to take him, but... Um, for whatever reason, the AC Milan, they, he was supposed to sign for AC Milan, and it didn't go through because Schalke had um, new owners. Sorry, AC Milan's new owners were coming in, and they and at the administrator and the things, they couldn't sign anybody until the paperwork gone through, and we slipped in and took him, which was, I thought was very, very shrewd. But um, we've done stuff, plenty of stuff like that, and before, you know, in Malaga, we were struggling for money. We took Sadi Cazorla yeah. and Nacho Monreal, but it's a smart move. He's an excellent player, um, very solid. Not clumsy whatsoever on the ball. Solid, great touch. You can't. I, I don't think you, you, you'd see much faults with him. Also, with the potential to possibly, you know, to slide in at that centre half if need be, because he's he's physically built for it. So he, you know, versatility is something that Wenger yeah. does look for in players. I'm I'm only <coughs> calling on Wenger. I don't know if Wenger's going to be in charge next year, but he's obviously put this signing in place no matter what. So let's just take for let's take it. A face value that Wenger is going to be there for a minimum of one more year. This is this is his signing now. But what's a, what's another side of it is I think we covered I mean, covered this guy Kalanisach. Um, I know you're talking about players that that uh, that are available. I think that uh, say um, cheaper kind of players, Craig. I know what Lee is looking for is the big striker, which is bang on. That's what we need. We don't need we don't want to have to spend eighty million on a big striker. But look, if you want to pay for a top striker. Maybe that's the type of money you have to pay. The days are gone where you can buy a striker now for twenty-five million and tor- and really turn him into a, a you know a top top player overnight. I mean, Wenger did try it with Mbappe last summer. He went to his house to try and sign him last summer. He came very close to getting it over the line. But he was only seventeen last year and wasn't the right time for him to move away from home, family thing and all that, which you have to respect. But unfortunately, the kid exploded this season, and now. We're in a position where Wenger still wants the player, but so does half of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a case of who has the bigger pulling power. I still, I still maintain, and as much as I have my criticisms of Arsene Wenger, I still maintain that Arsene Wenger has serious pulling power in the transfer market if we can get the, the finances to back him. You know the kind of yeah, way? Yeah. Sometimes I think he's been let down by finances. I think he's been let down by the likes of Dick Law, maybe Gazidis. I mean, for example, I only heard during the week that can't, uh, N'Golo Kante, Wenger wanted, was mad for N'Golo Kante last year. Mad for him. And um, 
he wanted 140,000 a week. And how true this is, I don't know, but I heard it's pretty reliable that um, Canty was all set to, to, to sign for us. And um, with Shaka, by the way. And um, he, Dick Law basically said, listen, that, that board, that's borderline on our uh, our wage structure, 140,000 a week. We only have X amount of players on that. Dilly, dilly, dilly. Gone, gone, bang, Chelsea, yeah, in, Chelsea, in you go. champions, yeah. Signed go on, yeah. So maybe this Dick Law guy has a lot to answer for. The only thing, the only way we're ever going to find that out, Craig and Lee, is is if Dick Law ever releases a book. I mean, this is a guy <laughs> yeah. who uh, was late. Who, who took? You know what I mean? Like you never hear this stuff um, unless you, it's somebody close to you know the, 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 these guys. But like, I mean, this is a guy who was who was late. He, to to sign Meza Ozil on transfer deadline day, he missed his flight. He had to catch an emergency flight. This is he strikes me as a bit of an idiot. Like <laughs> um, he, he was doing the negotiations for Meza Ozil's contract, and Meza Ozil had to call in Stan Kroenke's son to to get it sorted. Now the two biggest players that we can keep this summer, obviously, is Ozil and Sanchez. Now I think they're going to stay. I've heard a few, a couple of little whispers that they. Are quite prepared to stay. The club have given them nice, nice offers that me or you or Lee would be more than happy with. And um, I think it would be a if Wenger was to stay, which I, I imagine he is going to stay. If you could keep those two players and add, and I do think that he will add because I think Ivan Gazidis is under his own job could be under pressure. Yeah. Um. He needs the he needs the the, the numbers to keep coming in, and if he sees. Empty stadiums like last night happening next year at an alarming rate. That's the only time Stan Kroenke makes decisions, and the, the, the first decision Stan Kroenke is going to make is um, Ivan, time to skedaddle there, chief, and maybe Arsene, you can go with him. But when he sees full stadiums, revenue coming in, he doesn't care. Um, but when he sees empty seats, that's what's that's the one that catches Stan Kroenke's eye, you know. And um, the only way we can avoid that. It's if we have players at the club that are going to attract people to spend the money to go watch a football team play football. Yeah. And if we can put a good team together next year, you know, it, it's, it's already starting to fall a little bit into place. There's some, some nice rumours floating around that, can, that would get Arsenal fans excited, but we have to be careful because we've been there before. But I do think that's a big summer for them. And if we can get a couple of nice players in, and spend big on that striker. I think you will see a fan base that would be a little bit more at ease. A fan base that could unite behind the team if they see players, if they see the if they see the club making an effort and trying. I think the fans will unite behind that, regardless if we have a, a loss. If we have a if we've put the, the things into place that were, for example, last year with Liverpool. We were completely and utterly unprepared for the start of that season. And that set the tone for the entire season. Last season was a terrible season in terms of... The, or this season was, a, was, a, was, a, was probably the worst ever for fan, fans having, you know, being at, um, loggerheads with the, with the club and just being completely at a distance with the club. The club needs to show that they are prepared to invest to achieve what the fans want them to achieve. If 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 they do if they do everything in their power, spend what they need to spend to reinforce the team, and they do what they can, and it doesn't come off, so be it. I think fans will be okay with that. I genuinely do. I say, well, look, we'll give it a good try. 
you know. So I don't, I don't know what else. Yeah. If, if they get it right this summer, I think fans will, will, they might have a little bit more. They might be a little bit more at ease with the manager. They can say, oh, well, yeah. "Hang on a minute, he spent two hundred odd million this summer. Fuck me, that's that's a complete change, right? Maybe we'll just get behind the team now and see what the crack is and see how we how we fare out. If it fails, so be it. I think you can you can't um, maybe it is just down to the manager after that completely if he gets yeah. it completely wrong. Well, we'll know, won't we? I mean, if Fenger comes out and and spends two hundred million pounds and brings us in. You know, top players, top Craig. players, not 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 shit ones. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Luca. Not, not I don't. This is no disrespect to Lucas Perez, but I think he's a good player. But I don't. But I don't think he's. He's not what we need. If, going yeah. out, if you're going out spending twenty million on Lucas Perez and sticking him on a bench and bringing in Olivier Giroud for the rest of the season, that's not what you're looking at. You want players there that are going to be, you know, top players walking straight into that team, pushing hard, pushing players around them to be to to to, to bring the club to the next level. And that's not what Lucas Perez is. Mm. He was coming from a team that was on a far le- lower level than us, 28, 29 years of age. Never really set the world alight. It, was he the player to take us to the next level? He'd done well. I have to be honest. I'm not, I don't, don't dis- I'm not disrespecting the guy at all here, but when we could have had some other players last summer that went flying around Europe for not mad money, and we decided not to even bother trying to get them, it does get that that gets on fans and nerves when they're spending big money on yeah. season tickets and you know and it's like, it's like yourself for myself like it's cost me five hundred euro to get to a home game like yeah you know, uh, you know I don't I don't get to as many games obviously as as, as I was like first of all and secondly as much as Lee Lee would have more uh, poke with, with, with having a complaint about the likes of this but investing money into the club and the club not giving it back to the fans just pocketing all of their money it just that's the way it seems that's the way it comes across. But I think if the fans seen a little bit more ambition from the club, they would have a bit more. They'd have a bit more truck with it, you know, and they could yeah. accept it and say, "Listen, wait, let's let's um, let's see how this season fares out." But, Absolutely, um, we need to be signing. We need to be signing top players, Craig. There's no excuse for it now. We do, Lee. Do you, Lee, I, I sat down and thought about this um, a couple of nights ago, and are the f- fans like? Us three now, right? And this is no disrespect to anyone that's only supported Arsenal for 10, 20 years, whatever. Right? It's no disrespect to them. But it's just something I was thinking about. Us three as supporters, we're upset with a manager, right? But is that because Arsene Wenger, and I've, I've asked this question to a few other people, and I'll be interested to see what you two want to say about that. Is it because Arsene Wenger spoil us um, Early in his career, you know, winning winning the title unbeaten, you know, winning the cups, getting us to a Champions League final, and then all of a sudden, it goes downhill, and we want to know why. Um, you know, because you don't you you just don't become a bad manager overnight. That's, it just doesn't work like that. You know, this man won us a Premier League title unbeaten, um, and he had the players. He signed the players, you know, to make sure that you know the, the, that group of players that he put together for that invincible team. All right, he didn't sign all of them, but you know, he made the base. Um, have we been spoiled, Lee? Has he spoiled us? Is that why we sit back and we think, "Oh bloody hell, why can't he do this again?" You know, why can't he mastermind him? <laughs> you know, another invincible season, or not even that? Why can't he mastermind a title challenge? I don't think it's um, 
that we've been spoiled. I think that you know when you look back on it, you, we we was we was lucky to have those sort of players. But as you quite rightly said, he built that. What's the frustration from me? I can only talk about myself personally. Is that this was a manager that said, "We're going to move to this stadium. We're going to have to scrimp and save for a few years, and we're going to have to have a team that's going to just try and get into the top four, and then eventually you're going to see Arsenal become this power." And Arsene Wenger hasn't done that. Now, for whatever reason that he has not done that, it's like what I what I think about Arsenal. I feel like I want to shake him at times and say to him, "Get that stubbornness out of your body." Yeah. You know what I mean? Your the what your philosophy was okay to get us into the Champions League, and it was a fantastic achievement for those first few years in the Emirates with some of the players that we had. Let's not get it wrong; it was a fantastic achievement. But over this last two three years, he's had money, and what he's done, I'm sorry, he has wasted a lot of it. You know, like twenty million on Perez, we could have uh, we could have um, uh, put that towards another a striker and got a fifty sixty million pound striker. It's just silly little things like that. It's the mismanaging of the club, as, as, and I just can't see why Arsene Wenger has gone down that road. Is it because David Dean's not there, someone else helping him out? I don't know. There's, there's so many things. I look at Arsene Wenger and I just think, why are you not doing that now? Is it is it because of this stubbornness? And I think that people have started highlighting this stubbornness and and, and an arrogance about him, and I, and I think that that's what's gone wrong with him as a manager part Craig is always going to be part of me because of what he'd done in the past is always going to want him to try and be successful there's part of me that wants you know last season give him another go let's see if he can do it but again the same failings the same mistakes are being made you know George Graham was a successful manager of this club a lot of people don't remember forget about that but towards the end of his reign at Arsenal it was awful it was awful football. It was awful when he deserved to get sacked, whether it was for, for the bung or for the, the actual football they was playing. It was disgusting football at times. You know, Martin Keown was playing <laughs> midfield. Now, people forget about that. Arsene, you know, sometimes you just go by it, you just run your course. And I just feel that Arsene Wenger, this season, is going to get keep his job, realistically, through what he's done 10 years ago, Craig. You know what mm. I mean? His fingernail jobs, he's hanging on to this job. And he's got to say to it now. Here's a question: Is it the bold holding him back, or is it him? Now, and I look at that now, and I think that I. Do you know what one of the frustrating things about Arsene Wenger is? I don't enjoy my summer because the transfer window is full of disappointment for me, and that goes into <laughs> the season. I go into the season full of disappointment and frustration. It builds up into the season. You get a couple of bad results, and then I'm, I'm you know, I'm out. I want to see the team, the club. Managed properly in the summer, going into the going into the season. You know what I mean? And I, I I go into last season against Liverpool and I see unprepared teams. I don't see us going and buying players when the season starts in August. The season doesn't start on September the first when the transfer window closes. Get that into your brain now, Wenger. Get that into your brain as a, uh, as a board and make sure that doesn't happen. Make sure that we are prepared properly. Make sure that the fans that are spending out their money on season tickets, because they're going to come out, they're going to have all of them, all these lovely little shows about how much the new kit's going to cost, which is going to cost the fan an arm and a leg, right? And then come out and do your business and do it properly. Bang, bang, bang. Get all the fans on side. Mm. Now, the way to do that is you go in there and you build a squad and you think to yourself, do you know what? 
we might have a chance. But we go into the games at the beginning of the season thinking, this ain't going to happen. This, this is not right. We've had another disappointment. And that's when the frustration boils. And after four or five games, you've got fans getting out to each other. Now, they have an opportunity in this summer to make appease the fans. Do they want to appease the fans? If they do, they go big. This season will show what, what Arsenal are about. And I really do believe this, Craig. If they go in there and they skim flint in the transfer market, what is the point of watching Arsenal and spending all that money? There ain't. He's, a, he's already price. said it this year. He says, I have a big squad. It's going to be very difficult to add to it this summer. Now, I know he's thrown... He has to be... In, in the media, he has to throw the, play the smoke and mirrors game for, for for in the transfer window. He does play it well, but... I mean, that doesn't help. That doesn't appease the fans at all. Like, you know what I mean? He was, he was turning around and saying that I don't really look as if I'm going to be adding too much. I've got too many players. It doesn't that doesn't really help the fans? It doesn't help. The, it doesn't help the entire situation at all. You know. He doesn't Wayne help himself though, Wayne. Does he? he? Doesn't help himself when he says things like that. No. As a fan, do you feel that you're being taken for a ride? I feel that yes. I'm being taken for a ride. Right. So my my frustration. Is going to come out of the manager because the manager manages the club. He manages not only the team, but he manages my expectations for that season. He manages it, you know. And at this moment in time, I'm not. I feel that he is taking the mickey out of me. The club is conning me, right? And I, I've had enough of it. I don't want to be conned no more. I want to be spoke. You know, even the saga about this contract and all that. Is is taking the is taking the piss out of us fans? I've had enough of it. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see this club being managed properly. I want to see us with a with a and what what I don't know what the aim is for this football club. Is it to win the league or is it to get in top four? We still don't know that. They can go on about it and say, yeah, we will. We're like finger. I'm disappointed because we've not won the league or challenged for the league. Well, is that really what you want, Wenger? Is that really what you want? Because if it is, let's see you in this summer go out and prove it to me as a, as a fan, to you guys also, that you really want it. Because at this moment, I agree time, with, I'm not sure. I agree with you, Lee, because and, and the, the whole expectation thing is a, it's a strange one because obviously at the start of the season, ask the football club should be aiming as Thierry Henry said a couple weeks ago, one thing in mind, title. That is it. Now, when we had the start of the season, the, even Wenger says it himself, we were aiming for the league, we're going for the league, blah, blah, blah. When the league is beyond reach, and somebody from the... You've often seen it, even this season you've often seen it, the media put it to him when somebody actually has the balls to say it to him in one of his press conferences, Arsenal, the league beyond reach now, what are you going to do? You know, this is... Wenger has... His, his refusal to accept responsibility for his failings... Is the biggest, it's the biggest mystery I've ever seen. Like other managers will, you know, you see Pep Guardiola, even Mourinho for all his faults, will still say, "I got it wrong today," and they'll hold their hands up and say, "I got it wrong. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that." Manager will take the heat on it. Wenger never takes blame for anything. It's always something else. It's always a referee. It's always a, a bad decision. We've got this. We've got that. Like this season, the the best. I think one of the best quotes he's come out with was only a couple. Of, you know, I think it was today. We won more games than last year. And we have one more point already. I mean, who does that? Who does that help? Like, yeah, certainly who, who doesn't does help achieve? me. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that achieve for us as a, as a, as a fan base? I and mean, a fan base looking at that, 
And I'm looking at that like, hang on, this is what 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 do we aim for? Why does the manager not say, listen, we've had a tough season this year. Things didn't go as planned. I made plenty of mistakes, but I hope to rectify them next year. We're going to push hard in the transfer window this year, or we're going. You know, he doesn't have to come out and say that specifically, but he could. He could phrase things in a way that he's, you know, oh, okay, I'm accountable for a mistake. I'm accountable for what this season has been. It's been a, an unmitigated disaster, but we're looking to fix it next year. And I promise the fans that we are going to put up a better show. And everything is an excuse. We're fifth place, but Wenger has an excuse for the fifth place. Maybe we are overachieving. This is what you know what I mean. This is his thing: is that we have been overachieving for years, finishing second and third. When at the start of the season, he's the one who's setting the aim he's the one saying we're going for the title this year but when the title's out of reach he's saying oh we're overachieving anyway we should be fourth but we're toured yeah but that don't wash now uh, don't wash with me that doesn't wash when Spurs are coming above us like that doesn't wash no more he can't if he, if you know I'm not being honest like you know what I mean if he says that we're overachieving I'll smack him in the mouth you know what I mean because at the end of the day he's been saying it for two he's been saying it for two years now Lee and to be honest with you it wouldn't surprise me if he said the same thing next year if we finished tour well, so that's just what I'm saying he's taking the mick out of the fans you cannot turn around and say you're overachieving in this massive stadium spending all this when the fans are spending this money when Spurs are doing it on a when their their best player is on a hundred thousand pound a week. Mm. Don't, 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 I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear excuses no more because, you know, Tottenham are doing us a favour. I know it sounds silly at the moment because they, by them doing what they're doing is meaning that this lot and this board and that man Arsene Wenger have got to get off their arse and do something. And that is it now. There's no excuses no more. There's no, you cannot, you know, we, Arsene Wenger over the last three years, and I'm going to say it now, has fouled as a manager because in those three years he's not once Challenge for the title. He he oh, wouldn't believe that, Oli. That's the thing. Yeah, well, because he he he, that, he, 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 he yeah. He must go. He must go. If he but there are fans. There are fans out there as, as well, Lee, that wouldn't believe he has failed. Yeah, because he's won us the FA Cup. Fun, yeah, yeah. The, the FA Cup thing it's is about the league, guys. It's about the league. Oh, I know. I know. That. I, I couldn't agree. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, Lee. Look, listen. I, I, there's, I'm going to say this now. I'm not saying that Arsene Wenger should... I, I, I would love Arsene Wenger... To, to get to it be, right. To get it right. I'd love it. I would. Nothing would give me more pleasure than all that. But I I don't believe that he can for those statements that he keeps making. And for people to try and defend that is unacceptable because it's you, you've got to look at the bigger picture here. If he turns around and you're dead right and goes, do you know what? I'm not having it. This has been me if I was manager. I'm not having it that that team down the road have come above us this year, challenged us better last season. Because let's face it, they was in the title race more than us last season. Yeah. I'm not Absolutely, having it. Yeah. That is not going to happen in my tenure ever again. I'll make sure of that. I'll make sure of it in the transfer window. I'll make sure of it on the training ground. It's not going to happen. Arsenal fans, you're not going to endure that again. Lovely. I think fans could unite behind that. Exactly. I think that, I think that gets fans going. But when you have the opposite happening... And you have them making excuses and saying, well, what do you expect? I mean, the referee has done this and the referees are... Fans aren't stupid. Not everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Fans are not silly. They see what's going on. I mean, you can call the referee, get the Bayern Munich 10 to. I see all, every day I see it. Oh, without the referee and Koscielny going off, we were winning that game. I mean, that, how does he... How, how does, like... He comes out with the statement that he was saying that two, 
you know, we won the first two halves in 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 that game. I mean, come it's on. embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. That kind of if he has said that, I mean, I, that is got, absolutely he, embarrassing. He, uh, he did. He said. He said. He said. Bar, you know, the, the, the decisions in the second half of both games went against us. But for forty-five minutes in both of those games, uh, we were in the tie and we were winning. We were winning up, or we were going through. I sit, I sit there reading that, going, "Oh my god!" Like they can't just take responsibility and say, "Look, we were a mile off." We were, as I said at the uh, a couple during the week, we were a Europa League team, le- Europa League level team masquerading in the Champions League, and have been for a long, long time. Um, there's no defending our record in the Champions League. You can just keep throwing. We look at my record: twenty years in the Champions League. Great, yeah. That's when top four was getting Champions League. If you could do that for twenty years, winning the league back in the old, the old days, Lee, you'd know them. Uh, no offense, but you know yourself, the old one, um, where you had to win the league to get into the European Cup. But so it's a different ball game. This this twenty year record, and it's 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 flawed a little bit. But to be honest with you, like <laughs> our record has has, has been. Yeah, abysmal in it. Apart well, it, from 2006, yeah. we haven't won a knockout home game, Craig, since 2012. Yeah, I know. It's again, you know. That's, it, that's, I would like to we see. We won't be in what, it next year. Yeah, what you just said there, you know, I, I would like to see what you'd have to say if if we did have to win the league to get into it. You know, I mean, <laughs> we would have got it three times, Craig. Three times it would have been Champions League three times. Yeah, I I don't know if I agree with four of four teams going in. Um, I think if I was if I was an employee of uh, of UEFA, I would be saying top two. You know, it's all money, Craig. It's all money. Well, I know, I know, I know, but you know, it, that's just me. You know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a disgrace that perhaps some teams in, in in some divisions in some countries, you know, get a place and other teams have to go through all this this qualifying. You know, in the smaller divisions. Um, perhaps it's hard, it's harder now. To, even even though there's four in four teams for most teams in it, it is harder nowadays to win it. Um, like Liverpool have their five times, right? We won it five times. I look back at some of the five times that they won it like in the seventies. They beat Shamrock Rovers in one semi final. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Shamrock Rovers, like <laughs> yeah. they beat some Swedish side in the final, Rosenborg or something, and they beat them five 0 or something in the final. You only played two matches. You played a quarter a quarter final, semi final, and a final. Uh, two ties and then the final, and that was it. Yeah. So Liverpool won four of those by doing that. I think Arsenal, if 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 they hadn't have um, had the European ban back in the early nineties, they could have thrown thrown a spanner in the works then. That that was that chance, that okay. big chance to get one on the board. Now I'll but, ask um, this ask this question to the both of you before we we get away from the the deep dark serious stuff. Um, you know, it looks like we it looks like we're going to qualify automatically for the Champions League. Yes. The back door is open, as I said earlier. We football's a funny old game. We may still find ourselves um, playing in the Champions League next season, but that'd be hilarious. Um, the Europa League, Lee, a trophy that if Arsene Wenger is uh, still manager of Arsenal next season, it is a trophy. I expect him to try and win. Yep, yeah, I agree with that, but don't expect me to be going. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, I, and that's, that's, that, that, that is true. I, 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 listen, I boycotted the Champions League a couple of years ago. Didn't go to no games because I didn't agree with it because it, it was just a money spinner for us. So um, I, I, I'm, 
I'm not going to like you know on on a Thursday night. I have I have other things to do on a Thursday night, and, and um, I, I won't be going to uh, uh, following them all over the over the country in the Europa League. And that's not me being um, a snob or anything like that. It's just that you know I've got other things planned, and um, they they're more important than than, than watching Arsenal playing Kazakhstan and teams like that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, and that's that's it for me really. Um, I'm, I'm I have to say, you know, for me next season, I, I don't, I'm not interested in the Champions League, really, if I'll be honest, the Champions League. I, I want the Champions League to get the players for us to challenge for the title. That's all I'm interested in. Yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about anything else. I want us challenging for the Premier League. I'm not saying winning it, challenging for it. And until that, that happens, I don't give a stuff about the Champions League and I don't give a stuff, certainly don't give a stuff about the Europa League. I, I want to see us challenging for that title. That's how I feel. Wayne? In terms of the Europa League, Craig, we should have... I, I secretly wish that over the years... Like, hindsight is great. Getting knocked out in these last 32s every year in the Champions League is really pointless. We're coming up against top teams here, Barcelona's, AC Milan in their prime, um, Bayern Munich... Probably would have been better for us if we got knocked out in the group stage and yeah. went into the Europa, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with yeah. you. Um, so now we're essentially avoiding being knocked out by Bayern in the last 32, and we're going straight to the Europa anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, still, look we could at, still draw Bayern Munich, though, if they come third. We could, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> regardless, uh, I, th- I think um, it's, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a good challenge. To be honest with you, like, okay, we'd all like to be. Champions League and great and all that would be like it'd be nice to yeah and Champions League would be great but to be honest with you if we're not prepared for the Champions League we could end up going into the first match in in somewhere around October November uh, looking at the squad and looking at what we signed and being you know disappointed and saying we wasted it we wasted another summer where we could have got ourselves ready and challenged for the Champions League if we can build a nice squad this summer, I think we can piss the Europa League. Yeah. It wouldn't it be nice to celebrate a European trophy and build on it? Yes. Like, and you know what I mean. I know, Lee. I couldn't agree more with you. The league is the is the true test of a good good squad. Like, look at us. We have a chance to win the FA Cup in the next couple of weeks, right? That's a get out of jail card for Wenger, but for Conte, it's 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 sealing. A season where he's had he's had a, a top top season, a league and an FA Cup, and you wouldn't say that he didn't deserve it. To be honest with you, you're not going away. So if we can win a league, everything else falls into place after that. If you can win a league, you know you're a good side. That that and that is the way it is. If you can win a league, you know you're a good side. No use going into a Champions League, Craig, next year scraping it from fourth. Yeah, you're having a hope. You need to be yeah, winning not- a league and then going into the next season. With a strong side that you've just built on over the summer, you've added two. Yeah, because because players want to play for the European champions, uh, the, oh, the, the Premier know, League champions. It, it, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a rolling wheel. It just it just keeps gathering pace. Once you build up that side that wins a league, people take note. Players, are, yes, I'd like to go to that team now, and mm. that's what happens. You get the top players want to roll into your club. They think these guys have a chance of Champions League football. It works the opposite when they look at Arsenal now. They say. These guys having a bloody hope. They're not even going to qualify for the Champions League. This is why we could miss out on good players. 
that is probably the only reason why getting Champions League football is more important. Not for the fact that we're going to win it, because we ain't going to win it, but getting the players in to keep, to try and build. But we've had all these chances with Champions League and Champions League over the years, year after year after year after year, and we never once took the next step. We never once made that big, big signing, or, or two or three big signings, you know, and maybe maybe you know forfeited a, 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 the following summer, but you know, spend a little, spend a little less next summer, but spend more one summer if you need to to get to get the top players in. Like because we keep missing out on them, and every year we keep missing out on them. The prices go up further again the following summer, yeah. and the following summer we say we can't afford to buy those players. Well, you could afford to buy them last year, but you didn't bother buying them because you wanted to try and be smart with your money. But now by trying to be smart with your money, the following year the prices have gone skyrocketing up with TV deals and everything, and now you've got you've got to pay more than what you would have had to pay last year. This is the way there's a stupidity of us in the transfer market, uh, which which frustrates me. And with the Europa League, if we're going to attract players, I don't know what kind of players we're going to attract with it. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. but as a trophy, I'd love to. Go, I'd love to just. I'd love to go far in it. It'd be an embar- imagine imagine getting to the last twenty-two and getting knocked out. <laughs> <It'd be absolutely, laughs> it'd be horrible. But yeah. look, I think this squad is a chance as it is now. If you can add to it, I think it's got a great chance. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, you're only coming up against group stage fodder in the last four. Like Ajax, these players, these teams, you'd be beating them six 0 at home in the Champions League. You know the kind of way. So yeah, it's yeah. a good chance to get a European trophy on the board, and I, I would happily accept that. Like I've been getting shreds torn out of me all week. By my my uh, by my friends now, who are, a lot of them United fans or or Chelsea fans or whatever, who who are saying, oh no no Champions League football for Arsenal. I'm saying, look, it's not the worst. I've had time to digest it. It's not the absolute worst. What's the point in being in the Champions League if we're not really that good enough to win it? I'd prefer to to build from the ground up again. You know, challenge for the league, and then if we can add in a little Europa League or an FA Cup run. But if we're challenging for that league. That's the barometer. That's the one where you know, oh, yeah. hang on a minute, we're a good side here. Yeah. If you're struggling in the league and you have a Europa League, and you know, if you're fourth or fifth in the league and the Europa League is there, it takes the, it takes the glass off it. Yeah, of course. A little bit. It does. No, it it does. does take the glass off. You need, you, the league is everything. That's, it's the holy grail. And that's and the bottom it's, line. You know, it's, exactly. It's the bottom line. It's the holy grail. It's what we all want. Um, now, the Twitter followers might have seen, tonight we, we're going to add a new little feature. Um, because I, I'm sick and tired of people tweeting us telling me how much they enjoy Lee, um, but no one's really enjoys me. So I have <laughs> decided to introduce story time with the judge because people are always tweeting in saying that they like to they like Lee's uh, stories. Um, about back in the day and stuff like that. So tonight is the pilot episode. So whoever's listening to the podcast, you must tweet us um, to let me know if you want me to carry it on. So Lee, your first pilot episode starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Storytime with the Judge. (laughs) Thank you very much, Craig. I'm going to go on to a poignant little story here because it's about Ipswich. I've been having a little think about it today, so this is the one that I've gone for. Back in the the eighties, in the Charlie Nicholas era, me and a few of my mates and um, my dad, um, we bought an old beat up old car. And we, what we'd do is we'd we'd like travel around in this old little uh, Cortina it was, and uh, 
it just barely got us to the games and that. But it was like the second sort of cars, you know. So we just run it into the ground. Back in the day, you know, you you could get away without taxing it in those days and just um, you know, no insurance and all that sort of stuff. But we won't go into that and doing all that sort of stuff. So we're off to Ipswich. A uh, car full of us, three of me mates and me dad. And my dad was obviously um, a lot younger then and he was the driver. So he used to drive us to the game. We get into the car park and we're at Ipswich. Lovely little ground out there in the um, um, Suffolk um, countryside. Um, well, it's and, not in the countryside, mate. It's in the middle of Ipswich. Yeah, we see. They go through a lot of fields. And there's I a lot see of what you're trying to do here now. I see what you're trying to do. You're, you're trying to paint a nice picture as you're telling the story. Yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's, nice. it's a story like yeah, that. Nice. And you come into this lovely little village, which they call a city, Ipswich. Lovely little place. Parks a car up. And as we're going in, my dad turns around and says, do you know what, boys? I'm going to go in the seats in the pocket because you know, at that time there's a bit of trouble and all that around the games. And he said, like, I'm going to go and sit in the seats and away from all the, all the aggro and all that. And so I said, all right, then, Dad, no problems. So he goes into the ground. He's nice all standing areas and all that. And as the game, just as the game kicks off, it, we look up into the stands and it's kicking off in there. There's fighting going on from the minute to the last. There's fighting going on. It was, it was horrendous. And I'm going to myself, I'm going, well, I hope your dad's all right up there, like, you know. So uh, anyway, we get to the, gets back to the car. 10 minutes gone, 20 minutes gone. It's the old man still there. So I'm thinking, so oh, bloody hell, he's been arrested or something like, you know. So 30 minutes is gone. And all of a sudden, my dad comes out. He's a big lad, my old man, like, and um, he comes up, his little bit of hair all tuft, tufted up. And I said, what's that? Said, what's, what's happening? He goes, that's fucking it. He's gone. I ain't going football no more. He said, all I've done for 90 minutes is fights. I said, I'm not having that no more. <laughs> He got in the car and he said, boys, this is the last time I ever come on an away game. And to this day, he never, ever went on an away game again, like, you know, so he'd go to home games, but he never went on an away game again. And that is the story of, of, of today. That's the pilot episode and a very, a very... It's a true, true story. We was laughing our heads off when he come down the road. He was staggering down with his little tufty hair and all that, like, and, uh, you can imagine it with his laugh there as often he's saying like that's it. He goes, Some geezer started on me. <laughs> just said it just went. he said it was wave after wave. He said, I paid an extra fiver to get in there as well, like, you know, for the privilege. But uh, I was just just actually it's funny you just say that because it's the only one game, I mean, as you know, I, I was a youth player there and I only used I, I used to Well, live... I thought I'd use that one so you cried because there is a method to my madness. Yeah, I I lived <laughs> half an hour away. From Portman Road, so you know I've, I've been to a lot of Ipswich games. Um, I even went to Wembley, um, the playoff final when they beat Barnsley um, in the playoff final, and I actually went to both legs of the semi final as well. Actually, but anyway, um, the one game that sticks in my mind was uh, Ipswich Arsenal in the quarter final of the cup. Um, I forget the year. I think it was. It must have been kind of ninety three, ninety four. We we had that uh, bruise bruise banana um, kit on. Is that uh, when Tony Adams come out of a big white bandage on his head because he'd fallen down some stairs or something? Was that the game? No, I think that was the league yeah, game. I think that, I think that was the league game that year. But um, I never forget it. Your history I, ain't the greatest, Craig. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My history? No, it's not really. Yeah. It's not really. Well, you see, I can't, I don't I don't remember my history like you because yeah. You know, 
<laughs> watching it on the telly is not. You, you've got you've got too much uh, too much stories there, Lee. Too much experience, mate. You put me to shame. But I just no, remember, actually. you know, this is Ian Wright came walking out onto the pitch in his suit, you know, and he, that Ian Wright walk. You know, you both know the walk I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. defeat. It's at like McGregor's walk. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I was just thinking, Christ, this geezer's class. But I'm going off topic now. That is the only football match I've been to where it's kicked off outside. <laughs> Arsenal Ipswich. It kicked off oh. outside again. My little brother got missed by with a rock, and I'm talking. It missed his head by a gnat's testicle. It, and my, my dad, <laughs> I've never seen my dad. Kind of. Like my dad's an art. My dad's an art bastard. You know, he, one of the. He's, he, he's the kind of fella you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't want to fucking upset, but. It's the first time I've actually seen a bit of worry in my dad's face. Um, I can remember him grabbing us and kind of, you know, taking us away because we were right in the middle of it. But um, yeah, it kicked off and it fucking it went off and all. Ipswich Arsenal. So perhaps it's the fixture. Yeah. Um, perhaps it's yeah. perhaps perhaps, perhaps it's a bit. If, of... if this is if this is successful and 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 they want to do it again, I'll, I'll tell the story of um, the '87 League Cup final. Well, uh, semi-final. There we go. So, everyone who's listening, um, if you want, story there. story there. If you want Lee next week to tell his story about the '87 Cup final, then let us know on Twitter. Semi-final, semi-final, semi-final against Spurs. Semi-final against Spurs. Good story. Good story. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this evening. Even though we did get a bit uh, dark and 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 serious. but it yeah, was it was still, a serious one. Yeah, that's, it was a serious that, one. It's, it's, you're Irish and you two. You're too serious. I'm not Irish, Lee. <laughs> yeah, well, you're half Irish now. Aren't no, you? I'm no, not. So. I suppose at this, at this time of the season, it's 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 important to, to, to vent, to let it all out. Yes. And then we can just, you know, to, to just express the worst in you about what's happened this year. And then at least it's off your chest. Yes. Yeah. When, well, even my missus, my missus hardly swears. And I said to her yesterday, I think it was. We were watching the game. She said, how many more games? I said, there's only one left, love, on Sunday against Everton. I said, and then the cup final after that. Thank fuck, she says. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but she sees the disappointment in your eyes and the bad moods over the weekend. And I know how you feel, Craig, because I know how you get emotional about things, about about football and about Arsenal as well. And it, it does, like... She would much prefer if Arsenal were winning. I think of, of all she people, she, your missus would love if Arsenal was we winning. We all would. Just for the sake. We all would. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. But she no, doesn't... I, I don't think, I've had enough just, of explaining to my kids, you know. Well, <laughs> my little girl's only seven and she really gets into the game. She, she sings the soft teacher the songs and she sits here and she sings why the songs. Why do you support Arsenal, Daddy? They lose every year. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah they exactly. They always yeah. lose every year, okay? Yeah, and she says to me, Daddy, <laughs> why, why, why did you make me support Arsenal? Why, why, why do I have to support Arsenal? You know, and I'm like, I sit there, and in my head, I'm, I'm like, my, my heart is breaking, and I'm like, so, do, do, it'll come good. Trust yeah. me, it'll come good. Do I just yeah. know? You say this every year. You say this every year. Yeah. I know, but we're told this every year. Yeah. yeah, you sound like that man with the grey hair, Daddy. Um, <laughs> anyway, Lee, it's uh, obviously uh, my pleasure to uh, share the podcast with you as always. Once again, thank no, you for my gifts. Course, thank you for my gifts. I can't, no wait to, I can't wait to get them in the post. Um, yeah. And Wayne, man, it's yeah. been fantastic having you I'll back. Say, I'll as well. What's that? Absolutely, Craig. 
I appreciate the uh, the invite on and uh, great great talk to you. And yeah, it's, it's been good. I it's talk to you fairly regularly, and we'll uh, yeah. we meet up for a jar next year when I'm over there. Yeah, we're gonna to have to do a trip, Wayne, aren't we? we, we me and you are going uh, to have to, me and you are going yeah. to, have to do a trip. Um, yeah, come, yeah, come, yeah, come over, like you can stay around, can stay in my mansion. Oh, there you go. I, tell, I, I tell you what, Lee, it works out. Um, Craig, and I'll, 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 I'll explain this to you afterwards, but it does work out seriously, seriously cheaper if you get your hands on an away ticket. Yeah, you know, um, oh, it's, it's like it's one fifth of the price. Well, we can we could do that. What, what, it depends what one you want to do. Do you want to do a London one or or a, or a, or a northern one? Let me know, and uh, we can we can sort that out, like, you know. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's plenty of options. We'll talk. We'll talk. Time. Probably while we're not recording. Yeah. Could play. Yeah. We could play. Uh, <laughs> we could play Cork in the Europa League. Who knows? I'm you never know. Over, yeah. You never know. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Lee. No, no, Lee. Cork City won't be playing in no Europa League, son. We'll be in the Champions League. Oh, there you go. But you fall out of that. You fall out. Do you know? So we, well, we probably won't get past the first qualifying round. We'll probably lose to. I don't know. Bangladesh, yeah, Bangladeshi, <laughs> AFC, or wherever it is. Thank you for listening to the podcast once again, people. Um, thank you for your marvellous feedback we get every week. Uh, thanks for listening. Been a bit, we've gone on a bit uh, this one. So if you're still here from the start, thank you very gone much. Into it, gone into extra time. Yes, we have. <laughs> so if you're if you, if you're still listening and you've been here from the start and you haven't turned us off, uh, thank still- you very much. And until next week, up the Arsenal. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.